child of the king. Amen. You know, he says, well, God loves all his children. And by the way, children, you go to children's church. Okay? Or lead in. <laughs> um, go ahead to children's church. And you're going to do... But God, you can say, well, God loves all his children. We're all his children. But you know what? There's going to come a day when you're going to stand before God. I'm going to stand before God. And he's going to look and see if your name is written down in that Ranger's Book of Life. And if it's not there, he's going to say, sorry, I never knew you. Depart from me. Now, listen, don't, don't get on to me that way. If it's in here, it needs to be out there. Right. And it's in here, just that way. Yeah. We're going to share our declaration this morning. And then uh, we'll get into our message. But let me also tell you that uh, just so you know, we meet at 10 a.m. and we've got some great classes that have Sunday school lessons, some great teachers. And uh, so don't forget that, okay? Our youth meets on Tuesday evenings. There's a men's meeting. There's a Bible study on Wednesday evening at 6. Uh, 30, let me back up and say tonight. We have a worship tonight at 6. Uh, Look in your bulletin. I missed two or three. But, uh, so just look in there. Well, let's share our declaration together this morning, all right? My past is past. My future is bright. God's promises are true. And His word is sure. With God as my helper, I will be all He wants me to be. Do all He wants me to do. Receive all He wants me to receive, and I will give God the glory He deserves. Amen. Let's realize that today. Don't be don't be imprisoned by that that God got you free from. Yesterday is gone. This morning we want to share, if you will. Uh, last Sunday I started a, a campaign and I said it wasn't going to be a Sunday campaign or a two-week campaign. This is going to be what God has placed on my heart for our vision for grace in 2020. And that is simply this. Who's your one? Now simply put what I mean by that, who is one person that you need to lead to Jesus Christ and let them know now, listen, you need to pray for them. You need to ask. You need to invite them to come to church. You need, you need to let them know. And, and in so doing, how that one person, uh, my friend, we're going to preach and speak about them today. Each and every one of our ones. Ones of our one. Uh, we're going to speak about them today. How much differently it would change them and, and our, us and our church and all. Okay? How important that is. Uh, and I really want 2020 to be a year when we can accomplish uh, with every person here at Grace commits to who's your one. And just imagine if every member here could answer that question with the name of a person that you have identified as your one person that you're going to share your faith in Christ with, that you're going to uh, pray for and witness to and invite to come to grace. You're going to do that. Just how important that would be. How much that would change a person's life. And by the way, if you will write, and some have already given me that, if you will write down a name or a person that you have that you want uh, us to pray for, who your one is, you give me that. We're 
ledger and we're going to record them and a prayer team is going to be praying over those names every day and praying for you as you reach out to those names. So you're not going to be alone. You've got to have the for you're going to have the forces a power of prayer uh, from grace here uh, to reach out that God will open the door for you and do all great things for you. So uh, just imagine uh, that if you made that commitment to God and to your church and, uh, and, and to yourself, uh, you were going to make that one person be your mission and nothing is going to get in your way. And I am hoping today uh, that you will accept that challenge of who's your one. And if you do so, I want to just share with you real quickly three things that's going to happen. Those three things that's going to happen. It's one, it's going to change you. It's going to change you. Yeah. But what do I mean by that? I shared this story with somebody the other day, but it just come to me. Uh, I remember my grandfather taught me how to, how to fish. Uh, we would go out to Clark Lake and we would sit out there and he'd tell me, you just uh, uh, put this and throw it out there and hold on to the line. And you know what? I didn't see what was happening under the water. I was just throwing it out there because Grandpa said to me. But after a little bit of time, there was this to my pole. I started reeling, and I reeled it in, and it was a fish. I didn't see the fish underneath. But, brother, it got me excited to want to do it again. You know what I mean? It'll change you when you bring in, uh, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers. Amen. It'll change your life that you'll want to do it again. So it'll change you personally. And, and so from that point on, uh, whenever he said, you want to go fishing, I was with him. Because I didn't know what was under the water, but I trusted that I could feel the tug. And that's what, how it'll change you in my analogy to share with you. But we'll also grow your church here in grace. As I said, we seat 325. We can move that wall and seat 600. And we build it where we can just keep on going. We'll fill up that gymnasium, okay? We can do that. I believe we can do that. My friend, if you don't believe me and get, we can do that, get on board because we're going to do that. You know, some people uh, watch what happens. Some people wonder what happens. Some people are part of what happens. I want us each and every one to be a part of what's happening here at Grace. But in order to do that, you've got to make a commitment to God. Just one person. Just who's your one. Wow. How important that is. It would change your church. But think of this. It'll also change that one person's eternal destiny that would have a personal relationship with Christ, uh, plus all those who will come to know that, uh, uh, know Jesus through that one person that you led to Christ. Did you think about that? So it's not just the one you're focusing on. It's beyond your lifetime. Those people that maybe aren't even born yet will come to know Christ because you reached out to a friend and that friend becomes a, a, a follower and believer of Jesus Christ. And because of that, somebody may be the next Billy Graham. Yeah. I'm just saying. You'll never know till you get to heaven. You know that? Yeah. What an opportunity 
for someone you care about to come to Jesus as Savior or even to rededicate their life. You say, well, I have somebody, but they're saved, but they're just walking out of the fellowship and the will of God and they're not coming to church. And you pray for that one and that one comes back into church. The Bible says there's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repented. There's joy in heaven because you reach out to just one. I'm not asking for ten. I'm not asking for five or three. I'm asking for one. And God's asking for one. Oh, goodness. 2020. That don't make sense to me. 2020 seems like we should be coming to church in spaceships. 2020 seems to me like, man, you gotta be, you got to be kidding me. But that's where we're at in time. Yeah. I was born, and I don't care to tell you because I don't feel a bit 63. I was born in 1956. I graduated short in 74. And I thought to myself, man, who'd ever think we'll see a whole 2000? You remember when 2000 came, everybody thought you was going to lose your money in banks and, you know, and all the troubles that come. We don't even remember all that stuff now. And everybody was so concerned about it, we was going to get our money out of the banks and put it in a shoebox until everything got right and then put it back in the bank. We need to be that concerned about reaching one person and even more so. Be that concerned, will you? So I really want us to look about that. But there's a few things, if, if you will, a few things that we need to see today and, and begin to set our hearts to and our minds on who's your one. And in order to do that, I want to say, I guess I should have told you, but now I will. Uh, turn to the book of St. Luke in the fifth chapter. Book of St. Luke chapter 5. I want to read a passage of scripture here. And in this passage of scripture, it's going to share some people who have a mission of one. Who's your one? What you can do, what you can expect, and what you can receive. Who's your one? Pray about it. Everybody. Children, teenagers, elderly. You say, well, I don't get out. You can be a prayer warrior. You can be a prayer warrior. And somebody calls you on the phone, you can tell them. You can let them know, whatever the case may be. But let's go to our reading. In Luke 5, uh, uh, in, in Luke chapter 5 and verse 17 is where I want to start. And it came to pass that on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting uh, by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Don't you love it when you can come into worship and you feel the power of the Lord? May I tell you something? If you're a child of God, you brought that power with you. It's just whether or not you loose it and let it go. Just so you know. But the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men, listen now, here's where it gets to you and I. And behold, men brought in a bed, in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy. And they palsy, he was paralyzed, just so you know. He was paralyzed. 
Now, it's in a couple other Gospels, and one of them says a mat, one of them says a cot. The, the fact of the matter is, the man was laying flat on his back, and he couldn't do nothing by himself. He brought in a man, was, and they sought means, listen, there's where it hits home, and they sought means to bring him in. You've got to find a way to bring someone to Jesus. You've got to find a way to get somebody to come in in the doors of grace. And to lay before him, and when they could not find by what that way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the, uh, the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he, Jesus, saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies, and who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus perceived, he knows their thoughts. He, Jesus knew their thoughts just like he knows yours. You know what? We can come to church and we can play church and we can sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, and, and we can go through a form and a fashion and all of those things. <coughs> But he knows our thoughts. He knows our hearts. And if you really want God to move in your life in a powerful, mighty way, get yourself right with God and commit yourself to God just like these men here. I'm going to go back to them. And he perceived and he knew their thoughts and he answered because these men were thinking, he can't do that. You know, these people thought they know it all. He can't do that. That's blasphemy. But guess what? Jesus knew that. And answering and said to them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it's easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk? He was calling them out. Listen. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of palsy, that paralyzed man, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. Whew. It was paralyzed. Mm -hmm. Guess what happened? And immediately he rose up before them and took up that which that thereupon he lay and departed and went into his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and they were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. That word strange is remarkable. Okay? Some people think it's strange. Some people think it's strange if I raise my hand or if I shout or if I say amen. Some people may think it's strange, but I don't. And you know what, quite honestly, I don't care what other people think. Amen. Quite honestly, I don't care. It's a relationship I have. It's something that's real that's down deep inside. And if it makes me want to say glory to God, I'm going to say glory to God. one person. 
May I take some heavy off of your back? You can't save them. Okay? You can't save them. And if you say, I don't know enough scripture, if you know Jesus, He's going to give you the words just like He does me. He's going to give you the words, but then again, you need to get into the words so you'll know more words. Just so you know. But anyway, their mission, they had a mission, and a mission keeps us focused on our task to accomplish our goal. Do you know that? Jesus Christ himself had a mission. His mission we know about. But let me just share with you Luke 19.10. And, and the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. He had a mission. God had a mission. God so loved you and I that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the mission of God. That's the mission of Jesus Christ. And he also gave a mission to the church with which a whole other message. So I won't even go into attaching to that. So listen here. What was the mission of these men? To bring their friend to Jesus. They realized that Jesus was able to make him walk. Your mission is to bring one person so that they can come and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit of God, can reach down and pierce a heart and let them know exactly where they are and that they may come to know Jesus Christ. Or if they know they walked away, then they can come and as David said, Lord, yeah, you know, open my eyes. Give me that desire. Renew that spirit in me. Yeah. So what about you today? Do you have a mission? They believe. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is able to reach your one? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is able to do that? You know what? He's able to do all things. He just wants us to be the hands and the feet and the voice. He wants us to be that that we need to be. So if you will go, you need to believe because these men in the book of Mark, it says that they were four. They was carried by four. These four men believed that if they got this paralyzed man to Jesus, uh, they believed with all of their heart that Jesus was the answer that he could make that paralyzed man arise up and walk. They believed that. You, before you even consider, I'm going to talk to that one that I'm asking you to pray Pray about commitment. You gotta believe because if you don't believe, it's sort of like going through the motions and going to church and having service. Service is over here, Grace. I'm gonna tell you that. Service is when we leave. And I don't care that we got 30-some ministries and we do outreach too. That's our service to our community and our state and to uh, Guatemala or wherever else we're going. Uh, but that's our service that we can go and share the good news of the gospel. But right here, we come to worship. Worship. Yeah. I go to Speedway. I go to Speedway because... Every so often, I need something in my truck. Yeah. We need to come to worship knowing that we need it. For the ways of the world and life and the pressures that can happen to the children of God, to anyone, we need to come and lay them all aside and leave them outside and come and just simply worship. Amen. Hear my heart, Lord, as they sung. Hear my heart. But I'm going to tell you something here. If you believe that Jesus is able to do that, just like they believe, but do you believe 
Now let me ask you this. What about you? Are you one also that you might say, I have tried so often, and oh, I don't know, my one, uh, you know, I've tried talking to him, and, and, and I just can't stay focused. Stay focused on not that they won't listen, but you stay focused on you keep asking, you keep sharing, you keep loving them, you keep praying for them, and you keep letting us know that we pray for them. And I'm going to tell you, you know the scripture says that if we do that, that the Holy Spirit will heap great coals of fire upon them. And you know what it also says? It says it's in there, you go look for it. In a short sheet, they're mad that they lose their sleep. Do you know that's what happens? If we believe in the power of prayer and what God can do, we just need to commit it. Haggai says, commit your way to the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. If we don't commit ourselves and we have set our minds straight that with God, all things are possible to him that believes, right? Mark 9, 23. Right. All things are possible to him that... That's what we need to get into us. Yeah. Well, listen, we need to stay focused on our mission. Because I want to tell you something. Just like these men, we're going to find the same thing. You know what happened next? They committed, and they brought this man on his cot. And they brought this man, and they carried him to the house where Jesus was at. You know what happened? People heard about it, and the place was so crowded, they couldn't get in. Well, Joe, Sam, Larry, Mom, we tried. Let's go back to the house. Maybe we'll catch him somewhere else. Maybe we'll find out where Jesus is going to be tomorrow or next week. Maybe we'll do that. And that's what we'll do in, a, in our loved ones and for that ones that we're praying about and who's your one. We're going to say, you know what? I, I'm trying, but man, I just got shut down. It's just not possible. Maybe I'll pray God to give me the name of someone else. If you prayed about it, God gave you that name for you to see the glory come about. Amen. But so often, that's what we'll do. We had a mission, but they encountered an obstacle. And there was, it was so crowded, there was no way into the place where Jesus was. And how many of us right then would say, well, I tried. I told you who the name was, and I tried. But man, they got mad at me. You know how many times someone has gotten mad at me or, or said some very straightforward things to me because I invited them or talked to them about the Lord. You know how many, man, if I could have a dollar for every time I'd own an island. It don't matter. He said if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. That doesn't mean we stop. No. We love them even more. You know what? They encountered an obstacle there. They thought the door, they could just walk right through the door, right? And that's what many of us wanted. Our loved ones. We want, we want the path to be clear. Lord, you clear the path. God, Lord, you make it possible. Lord, you open the door that I can go through. And God says, that's not how I'm planning this. Don't tell me how to do things. They wanted an open door. They wanted to be able to just take Jesus right in. Yeah? Like a lot of us, we want a path of least resistance, don't we? I think about 13 books in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul wrote. 
Do you know if the Apostle Paul stopped because he didn't have an open door, we wouldn't be reading half of the New Testament. He didn't want the fact that the door was closed stop him from carrying out the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm telling you today, expect the door to be closed. Expect it to be closed. We need to expect the opposition. We need to expect resistance. We need to expect that obstacle that's going to be there. Listen real close to me now. When you approach your one, you're going to encounter closed doors instead of giving up. Instead of giving up, well, I'll try again. Instead of giving up, dig a hole in the roof. Find a way to reach that person. They didn't give up. They said, what are you Listen, I don't know whose house this is, but I know how we can get in there. Let's give them a sunlight. <laughs> Let's go remove some tile. Let's go bring them down. Let's go over this man. Expect an obstacle before you. Don't give up when the obstacle arises. Yeah. Don't give up. These men saw an obstacle, but because of their belief in what Jesus could do, they were not going to give up in bringing this man to Jesus Christ. So let me just ask you this real, I want to get real personal here with you, so don't answer out loud. Honestly, how many of you have family members or very close friends that you give up on? That you give up on? Oh, I wish they'd come to church and I'd tell them and we get up on Saturday and say, you know what, if you just irritated me, I'm going to call you on Saturday night. I'm going to call you on Saturday night. You know, I remember someone doing that a few years ago. And a person came to church and said, I honestly thought I was coming just to get them to quit doing that. But guess what? I came and got saved. Yeah. yeah I was there. Don't give up. Why is it we think our family members are the most difficult to talk to? Right? Why is it that we think, our, listen, you love them with the love of Jesus, you love them and their family, they ought to be the most important ones that you want to reach out to. There are people today that have husbands that are not in church that are here. There are people today that have wives that are not in church. There are people today that have family members that are not in church and you're here. Well, I would imagine that just with our family members, we'd fill this place. Amen? Amen. Oh, me? Huh? What about that? Where are we standing? Yeah. They weren't going to give up. They decided they needed a hold. Don't give up. Expect opposition. Expect the obstacles to be in your way. Expect something to be in your way. Don't it's oh man, I've been waiting for you to come. I mean, there's a couple of places like that in the scripture, but there's more places than not that there was resistance and they didn't want to hear about it. If you have a who's your one and you're praying about that, don't give up because God placed in your heart through His Spirit that one person that you want to reach. Don't give up. And they may be your family and they may chew you out. Don't talk to me like that or I'll leave you. I'll get out of the house. Guess what? I love you enough that if you're out of the house, I'm still going to pray for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still going to come to you. 
So these men were realizing that and they might bring him down to the house. And when they went upon the housetop and let him down through uh, with his couch in the midst before Jesus. They found a way to bring this man to Jesus Christ. You will find a way to bring someone to Jesus. Once again, you can't save him. That monkey is off of your back. Right. Found a way. And the third point I want to bring up here real close. We're going to come to a close. These men going beyond what normally we would do. These men got more than they'd hoped for. These men got more. Can you imagine their story when they went home and told their families what took place? You're not going to believe what I just saw happen today. Guess what? We don't talk about our worship services just out in the world. We, oh yeah, you were there. You, you felt that power. You felt that spirit flow. Man, I wanna, you need to believe. You just can't imagine what took place today. Go tell. Go tell. That woman at the well, you know, had five husbands. And mm -hmm. She said, come see a man who told me all things ever I've done. And many, the Bible says, believed upon him because of her in that village. Well, let me go down. Listen, they got more. I want to read just a couple of verses here. Let me start in verse 24. Verse 24 says this. But that they may know, because you know the people, this can't be real, this can't happen. But that they may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of palsy, the paralyzed, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up what thereon he lay and departed to his own house glorifying God. And they were all amazed and glorifying God and they were filled with fear saying we have seen remarkable things today. Yeah. We've seen remarkable, we've seen unbelievable things happen today. You see what Jesus did? Notice they, they were just hoping that he would heal him and he could walk. But do you notice what Jesus did there? It says the door down the middle. First he dealt with the inward part of that man, didn't he? That man was paralyzed and they brought him because they just wanted him to walk. And Jesus says he needs something more than the ability to walk. He needs amazing grace. He needs to know that his sins are forgiven. So when he heard that, what did he say? Thy sins be forgiven thee. People are going, why are you speaking blasphemy? You can't do that. He said, I'm going to tell you what I did. My words, of course. You just heard it read. I'm going to tell you what I did. I said, his sins be forgiven thee. Rise up and walk. Now you're going to know who I am. You see, when God comes in 
and He saves our heart. He saves our soul. And He gives them new life. They're, we're going to do things that people can't imagine that can be done. Where are we at today? Have you even thought about who's your one? One person. Who's your one person that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior? Who's your one person that is not in the will of God, that knows God as their Savior, but has just... I'm, sometimes we just slip away, let's face it. Sometimes we just... You know, we didn't go Sunday, didn't go last Sunday, didn't go last Sunday. Oh my goodness, if I go, they're going to think, I'll just, oh, forget it. And sometimes we just get busy with the things of life. But you'd like to see that person. You know, you know people, I know people that are Christians, but they're not walking in the will of God. They're not coming to church like they should. Now, the people that you know... Like that, don't you see them as unhappy? Don't you see them as, man, you're just missing something. Don't you just see them as, where is your joy? Our joy is in the Lord. So why don't we reach out to those as well and say, come on home? We can do that. right here. At some point you were the paralyzed person. Did you ever think about that? At some point in your life you were that person that was laying paralyzed. You were that person and someone brought you to Jesus. Those people never gave up on you. Those people never quit asking you. Those people never quit praying for you. I've said it before. I remember as a little boy out there at 3504 Dayton Springfield Road. There's people here today that was in that church. We've been in two other churches since that one. But there's people here today that's been in that church. But I was saved out there and I could not wait. You know what I did? Let me tell you. It's just coming so that this is how we do things, people. We let go, let go. Mm -hmm. My best buddy, Marlon Rosenberry. We were sitting back there and doing the tic-tac-toe and connect the dots and hangman. Yeah, preacher's kid plays hangman. <laughs> We were doing all those things. And an invitation was given. All of a sudden, there went Marvin. <laughs> well, he was down there praying. And God had convicted me. And I looked up there. People had already come on the altar. And I looked up there. And I picked out the quietest man in the church that I knew. And I said, Lord, if you would just send him to me, walk down this side of the aisle, against the wall. <laughs> You'll just send him to me, I'll go. Guess what? <laughs> that little guy, I've never seen him speak to anybody, by the way. Oh, you, when he talked, he was like, yeah, people listen. Uh, but when he talked, 
went over somebody. But when he talked, you did listen, but he was very quiet. He, here he comes. And I thought it was forever for him getting to me. And he just reached out his hand and starts, and I, there I went. You know what? He was my one that I'd asked for. What about you? Who is your one? It may be a very close family member. And you've tried and you've tried and you've tried. Don't ever give up. Okay? Don't ever give up. Power of prayer is a great thing. But then we've got to put the voice, the words to it. Don't be afraid and don't back down because resistance or obstacles get in the way. And when you pray, you identify your one and you pray and you don't give in to the obstacles. You don't step back. You keep on keeping on. When you don't do that, there's going to come a time when you're going to hear that person stand up and say, Jesus, save my soul. That's what it's about. You want your church family to grow? You want to fill that seat beside of you? I'm asking you to reach one person. You know what? In an entire year, if we didn't do that, I used to be in management with a company. I'd fire you. God expects something from us. Let us be about a father's business stand. If you're here today, you need Jesus Christ as your Savior.